I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. All right, today I want to welcome Eric Wolf. Eric is a professor, a scholar, and a marketer. Eric's goal is to change the conversation around marketing. Uh, he started that by co-authoring uh, the Unified Marketing System. I've had some insights to it. I'm telling you, this is well thought out. This is something you're going to want to listen to. He is the founder and CEO of the marketing agency, Astound. That's E-S-T-O-U-N-D. It was established in 2006. And um, along with his team, Eric has helped executives plan and execute strategies to connect with their markets, grow revenue, create lasting and predictable ROI. Boy, I tell you what, that sounds seductive. Predictable and lasting ROI. Wouldn't that and, be nice? Yeah, it's a, it's a dream come true. And he helps them facilitate lucrative exits. So I have really been looking. I've known Eric for a uh, year or two. How? I, I want to say it's been a little bit more than a year. Okay. Well, and, and we've we've kind of known each other on LinkedIn. And you know, it's LinkedIn is such a neat platform. Relationships begin there. This is actually our first time talking semi in person, and I've been looking forward to it. Eric, welcome. Thank you. I'm super glad to be here. This is this is going to be fun. Yeah. So um, the we we were talking. Um, yeah. So first off, and we're going to get to this. So for those listening, we're going to get to the unified marketing system because I want to learn more about it. I think Eric's. Uh, I appreciate systematic thinkers, and I can tell you, Eric is a systematic thinker, but. He's kind of an unlikely one because it also comes from a graphical design background. You know, those folks are not always systematic. But Eric, rumor is you got hired to be on a TV show. I, I got I got hired. Um, I got hired as a as as a producer on a TV show. I was in Atlanta. I had been in my um, I was a, as a college student. I was very involved in my my campus video production club. Um, I I had produced the, the the first TV show at our campus. Um, I was really into the idea of having a career in TV and video, and so I got hooked up with this guy who was looking for a producer, who was starting a show, super well funded. He he had sponsors, and we were going to make the show. He hired me. It was awesome. I signed a twelve-month lease on an apartment, and um, and and after a few weeks, I noticed that that my bank account was was going in the wrong direction. And I said, "Hey, how about a paycheck?" And it turns out that the show was was completely imaginary. And so I was 
Um, and so I was, I was the producer of an imaginary television show and I had no money. I had a degree in political science, which not, you know, turns out political scientist isn't really a job. And, <laughs> and so, um, so I'd been, I'd been self-taught as a graphic designer. It was a hobby and I ended up, um, and I ended up doing that for, um, you know, just like, I got to make some money. This is a thing I know how to do. I guess I'll try doing this. And, and I ended up, you know, after a number of months at a company where, where my cubicle, I wasn't, I wasn't working in marketing. I was working in, um, it was basically like book production. We were making technical manuals. And so, and so I was on that side of the business, but my cubicle was, was with the marketing people. And I started overhearing the things that they were talking about. And I got interested, started sneaking into meetings, you know, with, with flimsy excuses about things that, that I needed to talk about or about our technical manuals. And, um, and I was like, okay, I can, I can, this is interesting to me. I can do this. This is creative. This is, um, this is kind of lighting up all the good parts in my brain. And so I, I, I sort of used design as my wedge to, to get into marketing and I haven't looked back. So uh, let's back up a little bit to this TV show. What imaginary, what, 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 what's go, what, what do you mean when you say an imaginary TV show, what was going on? It, it's possible in retrospect that the gentleman was mentally ill. Uh, if I'm, if I'm being completely straightforward and honest, um, there were there were there were signs that it wasn't a real opportunity, um, and and I was too young and naive to to read them, um, but but yeah, he he said that he had this this TV show. He said he had all these sponsorships. None of it was true. None of it was real. You know, I was going around. I was I was calling. I was calling um, production facilities. We were you know we were getting ready to. Um, to get to get a, a studio to, to to shoot in, um, I had recruited. Um, uh, I had introduced him to a friend of mine from from college who was an actress, and he was interested in hiring her as a host. And we, you know, and I and I went for weeks down this, you know, down this rabbit hole with this guy, only to find out that that it was all basically a figment of his imagination there 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 wasn't any money there were no sponsors there was there was nothing to suggest that he had any wherewithal to be doing this and you know it was it was it was fictitious my goodness the now you moved to Atlanta to be on that show. Where did you move from? Well, I, I was in Atlanta um, for college and I ended up staying there as um, as a result of I, I went to Emory. And so I was um, and, and the way that I'd met this guy was uh, because I was in Atlanta and I was involved with with this video production kind of thing. I, I, I had known a few people that worked at CNN and, um, you know, and places like that. And, and this friend, this friend had come to me and said, Hey, I, I just heard this guy, um, is looking for, for a person. It came to me, but, but I'm happy where I'm at. You should talk to him. 
And so that's, and I, and so I ended up like, you know, with an apartment and everything in Atlanta after I graduated and, and it was, yeah. You know, there are some that would say, well, geez, you got your degree in political science and you're surprised that you got pulled into a false reality. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good joke. (laughs) Wow. But that would be, I mean, I would be, I would be furious. I'd be crushed. I, I think I'd be embarrassed. I I was um I, I was I was terribly embarrassed. Um and 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 so um emotionally a couple of things happened to me that definitely colored the the things that happened next for 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 a while and and actually still kind of color things a little bit. But you know, but I I was um I was sort of bitter about having to you know, doing this, this low level graphic design work and this, this production work, I'd gone to college, I'd gotten a degree, I'd gone to a, I'd gone to a good college and, and I ended up with, with a job that I was legitimately just as qualified for before I attended a day of college. Um, so, so there was, there was that and, and, and the fact that, that it now had ruined kind of a hobby that I liked. Um, and then I was really embarrassed about that whole episode to the point where I was like, okay, now I'm, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of paying some bills. I'm, you know, I'm back on my feet a little bit. Should I go and, and find, find a job doing this thing that, that I, that I really wanted to do. And I was just too embarrassed to, I was, I was too embarrassed to, to even put myself in a situation where I would even have to tell the story. And, and, and legitimately, um, I haven't, I don't think that I've told this story in 20 years. Um, this is, this is something that like, that still, I, I I don't talk about it's, it's kind of like an interesting page in my, in my history in a, in kind of a you know, indirect way, it, it ended up putting me on the path that, that I was ultimately supposed to be on. But, but yeah, very, very embarrassing, very like, you know, it, it, it hurt me in a very like, you know, profound sort of way. Wow. I'm sorry. That's, you know, it's, it's sad when we see cruelty like that 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 can leave such an such an incredible scar um but you you started working your way out with with something you you did as a hobby yes and and it was and and i'm glad that i had that to fall back on i'm i'm glad that um i'm glad that it was there for me at that point but but I I legitimately came out of college with no direction like you like you said I was a political science major and and the only and the only thing that you you know materially that right out of school I believe that you can do with a political science major is is go enroll in law school and I took the LSATs I didn't want to do and and but I couldn't I was sitting with with my law school applications and I legitimately could not fill them out I was like no this isn't this is not going to happen. This is not where I'm going. Um, I want to do, you know, I, I, I want to be in, in, in 
production. I want to be in television or video or something in that realm. Um, it was it was a really you know digital the whole digital revolution in that um, in that medium had had you know just started a few years earlier. Um, this was 1999. I was you know and I was like this is this is exciting to me. I, I want to do this and you know and so I ended up literally back at square one with no concept of what I was going to do for a career, no concept of how I was going to make money. Um, I worked at um, my first my first job out of college was um, was doing newspaper layout at the Marietta Daily Journal. And I was making like $10 an hour. And I'm like, Oh, this is this is what I do with my with my Emory degree. And, and it didn't. And, and, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't feel good. And, you know, I, I knew that I was going to go somewhere, but, but it was very scary at that moment in my life to have no idea of where that somewhere was going to be. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about graphical design. So it, it became a hobby for you. And and what, what is it you like about graphical design? What, what inspires you and what do you feel when you're, when you're doing design? So my, um, so my, my inspiration, uh, uh, way back in the day. Um, so, so my father is, um, was a, well, he's still alive, but, but he is no longer a newspaper publisher. Um, but he was in the newspaper business and, and way back in the early eighties, my, my, my dad was, was already thinking about, you know, how, how are computers going to change how we make things? And so in, in 1984, and this is really one of my most kind of formative early memories, um, he and I went to a computer store. I lived in New York city. We went to a computer store in Manhattan and, um, and we were looking at this, this Macintosh, this little beige box and, and you had Nick paint. Um, and he was like, Hey, you can draw with this. And, and we sit down in front of the computer, he hands me the mouse and we're, we're, we're drawing. And, and it took me, you know, probably five minutes to figure out that you could use the paint can tool and fill the space with like a brick wall and they had a spray can tool. And so I could actually tag the computer, which was a big thing for a kid in, you know, New York city to be doing when he was, you know, seven or eight years old. Um, so from 19 and, and my dad ended up getting one of those, one of those Macs. And so it's like, I had this thing in my house. I was always using it to make things. The idea that, that I could make things with this was, really one of my um, kind of biggest things. I, um, I, my, my, parents, my parents were very sheltering. I didn't have a lot of friends, but I had the computer. Um, in third grade, I, I won a writing contest for, for a comic strip that I, for a comic book that I drew on MacPaint. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I was, I was that kid. It wasn't drawn very well and there wasn't much of a story, but but I was the only one who had, who had thought to do that. And so, um, and so, you know, there I go. I, um, you know, I, I won a, I won a contest with something printed on my, you know, dot matrix printer. And um, so, so that was, that was cool. Um, there was, I did, uh, very few people seem to remember HyperCard, but HyperCard was a, um, uh, 
probably, I mean, really kind of the grandfather of current websites, but it was this, it was this incredible creative platform where you could make all this, this, these different kinds of things with, you know, it could be a database, it could be, it could be a, um, it could be a story, it could be basically anything. And I made it to, I drew like little choose your own adventure games. Um, and I built a mountain hypercard and like that, those were things that I did in my spare time. I was that kid. So, so that led me to, um, uh, ultimately to things like illustrator and Photoshop and, you know, and I was, and I was, you know, making logos for things. I, you know, I started a, um, I started, um, a newspaper at my high school and I did all the layout and I did the logos and I, and, and this was something that, that I genuinely enjoyed at the time. And, um, you know, in college I would make logos for things. Somebody's club needed a logo. Here you go. And so that was, I was a weird kid. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, when you were doing that, I was printing out nude photos made of ASCII characters on dot matrix printers. So um, I, I think probably you, you were making the better choice than me. <laughs> Although I, I think that that we could probably agree that that your hobby led to a more lucrative industry than than mine, I think um, that's that's you know, the, the, the pictures now they've gone beyond the, the dot matrix, the little ASCII characters, but, um, but big business now, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> You've done well. So anyway, um, so obviously at some point, so let's jump ahead to, yeah. you were, <clears throat> you know, so you're in this sham of a TV show and then you, you know, you start pie- piecing things back together to um, using, you know, doing graphical design to pay off debt and kind of get yourself back on your feet. How did you get, so now you, you have Astound, your, your agency, mm-hmm. and you have your unified marketing system. I mean, everything I've seen of that, it's extremely well thought out. It's very methodical. It doesn't look like the product of your average graphic designer. Uh, no. And uh, how did you get there? Um, I got there. Um, the The short version is is that is that I ended up um, I ended up at a company. They did it was an early cybersecurity company. Um, I was doing design on a series of technical manuals and production on those things, um, but I was in a block of cubicles with the marketing people. And I kind of decided that I liked what they were doing better. And I was kind of fascinated with the idea of marketing. I really didn't know that it was a thing um, that was done like intentionally. I thought that that marketers just did fun stuff. Um, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna make tchotchkes and put your logo on it. And, you know, and we're gonna make TV commercials. It's, it's, it's all fun. But, but I realized in listening to these folks that, that there's a strategy behind it there's there's this thing called branding there's um there's this whole strategic interconnectivity of all of these things that are happening in the company um between sales and operations and marketing and 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 i really wanted to learn that and i and i discovered that graphic design could give me actually a seat at that table and um i kind of parlayed that into a job and then i 
And then I parlayed that into another job. Um, I went to school, got my MBA um, at night um, in marketing. And while I was working, um, I ended up being the head of a marketing communications department at, um, at a manufacturing company. And, um, and then ultimately when I left that job, I said, we're, we're gonna do this, you know, go, go out, strike out on my own. And that's where the company came from. I've been doing that ever since now, 18 years. Very cool. Now, if you were to describe the, um, <clears throat> what unified marketing system is, if, if you were to describe that in like two or three sentences, what would you say? So what I would say is that, um, is that the reason that people fail at marketing, the reason the companies fail at marketing is because they are, um, they're unprepared. They skip directly to the solution. We're going to get SEO. We're going to get a website. We're going to do direct mail. We're going to do billboards, whatever it is. We've, we've already decided the solution, but we haven't done any of the work to figure out what that solution should have been. And so what the unified marketing system is, it's the gap between understanding that you need to do marketing and making sure that you're actually prepared when the time comes for the rubber to hit the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the problems uh, you know, as a marketer, I certainly run into this, you know, you, you walk into a meeting, meeting with a, a client and you discover half the company believes they're expert marketers because they look at what you do and they think, oh, this is simple. I can do this. You know, this is, you know, my my dog likes, you know, fuzzy toys. So I think everybody, you know, should get fuzzy toys for their dog. That's my marketing, you know. And so a lot of people look at marketing and see it as sort of, um, you know, they, some idea that comes in their head and it will just naturally be successful. There, there, there are two things that I've learned and, and both of these are things that, that honestly, I, I wish that, um, that folks would let go of, but, but number one, the idea that, and, and, and these were things that I had, we're, we work with slightly bigger companies. Now we're, we really are like a midsize, um, uh, marketing specialty firm, but, but especially when, when we were working with early on you know, like one, two, three person kinds of companies, there, there were two things that, that we saw and, and actually the thread carries through to the bigger companies. The number one, starting the company sort of made you a marketer. Um, and, and everybody would look at people like, you know, Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, um, all of these people who, you know, it's like, no, they just had an idea and they did it. And they, you know, and they decided, you know, Steve Jobs said, said that we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. And he was right. And it's like, what you don't understand, of course, is that you're, you're comparing yourself to people who have this innate ability. You know, they, they, they came with an understanding. Steve Jobs came with an understanding of how to do this that is not bestowed on very many people. Right. You just, just, just like if you, if you had like a, a friend in high school or something that, that could play any instrument or, or, or who could pick up any sport and be the best player on the field on day one, like that natural athlete, you know, people like Steve Jobs and Richard Branson, 
they do these things naturally and we have to do a lot of work in order to to get ourselves to a level where we're we're at a fraction of what they are and then the second thing that that and and you alluded to it but it pissed me off so much when people would say well you know I could do this. I just don't have time. So I'd rather just hire you. And it's like, no, you can't do this. You don't know what you're doing. And while and while with website builder tools and 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 the fact that anybody can learn how to to read Google Analytics and how anybody now, you know, now for, you know, used to be that if you wanted Adobe Creative Suite, you were paying about two grand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now it's like 50 bucks a month. Now anybody can have with, with a minimal investment, the same tools that, that, that professionals use, they can have, you know, we've got AI, you know, people can create content anytime they want, but the thing that they're missing is, is the part where, where you've got the experience of somebody that actually knows what they're doing, driving the car. Um, being a good driver and knowing how to drive are two different things. And yeah. that's, and, and, and that's the thing that a lot of people tend to miss. And so, and so from that seat, we, we make a lot of mistakes and we jump ahead to, and we, we pre-decide what it is that we think that we need and we opt for solutions before we even think about, well, what does that mean? You know, if I'm, if I'm going to, if I think I need a new website, what does that mean? And how am I going to get from here to there? And how am I going to make sure that it works for my business? And, and you, yeah, go and, ahead. Yeah. And you said something really key there, you know, in your driving analogy. I would guess, I'll definitely speak for myself. I would guess the same is true for you. You could put me in the best car in NASCAR. Yes. Put me out on the track. I'm going to lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, not only are you going to lose, but hopefully you walk out of the car. Right. So the the barrier between me winning a NASCAR race is not the car. The barrier is the lack of skill. Right. And you're saying with marketing, it's not having a license to Adobe Creative Suite. It's knowing how to drive it. It's knowing how to drive it. It's knowing it's knowing how to make a a connection with your audience more than anything else. I mean, it's it's not it's not the 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 things that that we we like to think that it's us that we're the ones that are that are creating this this revenue we're creating this success it's our customers that are putting the water in that pool mm. and and our success is governed by our ability to to form a real connection with those folks and so for 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 business owners and 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 here's the the contrast to that is that i know from being a business owner and from working with business owners i'm sure that you know the same thing there is there are very few people with less objectivity than people who run their own businesses we are we are very very opinionated about about what our stuff does and what it's good for well, I, I tell my clients straight up, please don't copy my marketing. It's horrible. I'm the worst marketer of myself because I lack that objectivity that you're talking about. 
And, and that's a problem that, that we have to acknowledge that we have to solve. Um, when, when I go to, and I use this all the time, but when I go to Home Depot and I'm buying a hammer, I'm not buying a hammer. I'm buying, I'm buying the, 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 the wall of family pictures that's, that's outside of, of my kitchen. Um, I'm buying a, a result and there's, and, and every buying decision is an emotional decision. And if you spend all your time doing, doing the, the same thing that, that nine out of 10 business owners do, which is trying to convince me that you've built a better mousetrap, well, that's not solving my problem. That's not giving me, um, you know, a level of comfort in that my job is going to be secure if I, if I buy from your company or that my, or that my problem with my finances is going to be solved or my, my, um, you know, or that my rice is going to be cooked in, in, in 20 minutes and dinner is really going to be on the table on time. Cause those are the things that I'm buying. I'm not really buying the device. I don't usually want a device because it's a device. I want a device because of, or a service because of what it's going to do for me. You know, and, uh, and we, uh, one of the things, one of the examples I love to draw to that, you mentioned Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs had amazing natural talent, uh, but yeah. he also did meticulous research. You know, most people yes. miss that. He, um, he did meticulous research, but when they brought Steve Jobs back to Apple in 1997, Apple was on the verge of bankruptcy. Yes. They were broke. And Steve Jobs spent millions of dollars running a 60-second TV ad that said absolutely nothing about computers. It was the Think Different ad. Here's right. to the crazy ones. And that's tying it. I bring that up because you know what you're saying is people want the transformation. Quit selling your product or service. Sell the transformation that, he, that it delivers. And Steve Jobs realized if he was going to save Apple from the brink, he needed to inspire a narrow group of people. He'd done his research to find out that the most enthusiastic buyers of Apple computers were creative types. And he said, and it was a real simple question. He's like, how can I sell the most computers the quickest to the people that have the strongest affinity for what, for what we do? And, and it was great. And he, he, he simplified the message. He, well, he, he created a message where there was none. He simplified the product line. He created a, um, he created an ecosystem where everything that they did fit together in a very clean way for the types of people that needed Apple products that wanted Apple products. And at the end of the day, we're, we all run our businesses to serve our customers. We run our businesses to, to make them happy, to make them feel that, that they, they're, they're, they're better. They're better people because we are in their lives in some way, their career is better. Their, um, their life is better. They're happier. They're more well-adjusted, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, we're, we're selling people their own time. We're selling people their mental health. We're selling people, that that next step in you know that next promotion um at work and and we have to understand that if we're going to actually make a 
you know, make a difference. And, and we try to tackle those things in our process so that the most common thing doesn't happen, which is the customer being overlooked by the marketing. Yeah. Eric, I wish we could go on and talk for another hour. Uh, I just, I, I love hearing how you think. I love, I love your story of resilience. Um, I think it's amazing that you, I think your story altogether is amazing how you fell into this, um, you know, kind of this tragedy of events, but you, you looked at it and shaped who you became, the path that it put you on. And you have a rare combination of the creative part, you know, the graphical designer who has a deep appreciation for a systematic approach, the unified marketing system. And I, I think that's an amazing combo. I think you have an amazing story. And I really hope people will reach out to you. How did people reach you? Um, I'll tell you the easiest way is, is on LinkedIn. Um, connect with me, say hi. Um, it's just, you know, LinkedIn slash whatever it is in slash Eric Wolf, E-R-I-K-W-O-L-F. You should be able to find me. Our website is astound.com, E-S-T-O-U-N-D. I, I honestly, I really just love connecting with people. I really want to, and, and I hope I can change people's mind about, about marketing. Um, I, am, I am fully committed to, to improving attitudes around this, um, this part of the business that a lot of folks fail at and, and, and don't really enjoy working in. No, no, that's a great mission. And I, and I think it needs to happen. Thank you for sharing that today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag leaders and legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.